Welcome. 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 Wait, wait. Yeah. Wait, wait. Yeah, I am really loud. So. Better? It's better. Yeah. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of Translating Love with No, me. hello, I'm listening. What are Fuck. you doing? Wait. Where are you? Wait. Psht. No, we're not starting it over. No, we're <laughs> keeping that in. Welcome, we're everybody. We're Welcome, everybody, to Hello, I'm Listening with your host, Wiffy, and your other host, Jim. Danny. Jenny. Oh, Danny. Sorry. Jennifer. Jennifer <laughs> Carpenter, the actress known from Dexter. It's Dexter. 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 <laughs> okay. Um, we don't want to waste too much time and no. quickly go into the episode. But we, we have, have a, an awesome guest. Yeah. So lately we have um, had a couple of guests on. And the reason is... Because we like having guests on. Because. <laughs> exactly. Because. It's nice to hear other people's stories so then you all don't have to hear us blab all the time. Exactly. And there are so many cool people out there who have so many unique stories. And just a little disclaimer. <laughs> if there is at any point a little noise in the background you might hear it now um then it's either the vacuum or something else like a drill or something we'll obviously try to filter everything out but if you hear it sorry yeah but nonetheless um (laughs) today today we have nonetheless 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 Today we have um, an awesome woman, a power woman, mm-hmm. I would power even say, house. powerhouse of woman uh, on, uh, her name is Fitz Kohler, and she's talking, she's talking about her story, her books, her mm-hmm. endeavors, her many things she's doing, and yeah. We're very, very excited to have her on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Okay, um, how are you? I'm spectacular, thank you. Oh, I just froze. <laughs> you just froze. That's the problem. Oh, that's. I mean, we don't use the we don't use the um, webcam footage, so the video. So if it's not working or the connection is bad, so it doesn't matter if it's on or off. Okay. 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 So I'm doing great, thank you. Okay, good, good. Um, we'll probably start right into um, the episode uh, without any further ado because we we have only like an hour time i hope that's sufficient for you um it is it sure is okay good then let's start yeah so first of all thank you for uh being here for talking to us um and maybe just uh introduce yourself a little bit you're a woman of many things you're doing a lot of stuff and um reading through your website um yeah i was blown away by how many things you do me too <laughs> um so uh congrats on all your endeavors but maybe um introduce yourself and and talk a little bit about yourself sure so i do do a variety of things but it's all all laser focused on one pure mission is to help people live better and longer by making fitness understandable attainable and fun and so i'm noisy I'm very, very bossy, <laughs> and uh, I help people live better and longer. So I'm an author. I have multiple books, including the Cancer Comeback series, which I'm really excited about. I'm a professional race announcer, so I make happy noise at the start and finish lines of some of the most 
large and iconic running events in the United States, hopefully outside of the United States very soon. In fact, I'll be in England in just a couple weeks making happy noise. And I'm a corporate speaker, so I do a ton of keynote presentations, so I get the people and shirts and ties and jackets and dresses, and I get them to do better and be better. And what else do I do? I feel like I do, I do TV, radio, you know, lots of things, blah, blah, blah. I, I boss people around and get them to improve. That's what I do. Wow. <laughs> that's. I mean, that's just compressed but it's yeah it's a long list of things um maybe talk a little bit about the race announcing that sounds so fascinating to me that's something i've never thought about that you know yeah and you, how did you get into that right, how did right. you discover that that would be something that would be fun to do because it sounds super fun but it's something i would maybe never think of well you're right it's an absolute blast and uh, most people have no idea it's a job it's a thing it's a career they're like what is that you know even when they see me do it they go do they pay you for that <laughs> and my answer is yes they pay me very well for that i'm an i think i play an important role in these events but uh i as a fitness professional i don't do things like most uh fitness trainers do i'm not in a gym i don't do personal training everything i do is steered towards mass audiences so again i use mass media as a tool and i use it often and i use it well and i i also pursue anything that puts me in front of a live audience and so mm -hmm. i was at disney world in florida they have an endurance race series called run disney and they were basically bringing me in as their run disney fitness expert so every time they hosted a race Thousands of runners would show up to Disney World and they would have an expo. People could do shopping and then they had a learning series. And, and I was frequently teaching clinics there, strength training for runners and other similar uh, classes. And so their race announcer, they had a very high energy, charismatic race announcer with a big voice who'd been doing it as a professional for decades. Mm -hmm. And he was in charge of introducing me to the audience every time I spoke and every time I got done he would say wow you're so good wow you're so animated and energetic and people really relate to you and I said thank you and one day he finally came over and said hey you know what I need a co-announcer for the OC marathon that's the Orange County California marathon in a few months are you interested and I said well I've never done it before but I see what you do it looks like a lot of fun I'd love to give it a try and so he showed me the ropes and you know, my first event, I think we had 25, 30,000 people. It was epic. Within an hour of the first time I yelled go, the race director came over and said, would you come back next year? And I fell in love with it and it seemed to fall in love with me back. And uh, I host dozens of massive, extraordinary events every year. And it's so much fun. It's just, I, I can't believe that I get to be the ringleader of the fun at, at these events. It's pretty cool. That sounds really awesome. I used to do like 5K, little 5K runs and like races and stuff when I was living in Portland. And there was always somebody like that there. So always somebody, every time you would pass the finish line or when you would start the race or, you know, at halfway points, there was always people just like standing there and cheering and it made it so much more fun to do the race and it made it so much more engaging and not just I'm exhausted and ready to quit. <laughs> You know, you, you nailed it right there. It's interesting. Some races will have some board of directors guy. It's usually like an older guy and he reads a script and he'll say things like, bib one, two, three, four, good job. Mm -hmm. Bib five, six, seven, eight, good job. So boring. And whatever. I mean, everybody gets to choose. But I am 
not only am I high energy and I'm a professional presenter, but I am absolutely obsessed with our athletes. The fact that they showed up is such a treat for me because as a fitness expert, I'm constantly twisting people's arms, trying to get them to commit to exercise. And on race day, a race director says, hey, Fitz, here's 20,000 people that think exercise is cool. And so I don't have to twist any arms. All I have mm-hmm. to say, wow, you're here. I'm so happy you're here. Here's what you do. You know, I, I give them some details. I make sure they have a lot of fun. I whip them into a frenzy. I yell, go. And, and that's the thing is when I'm at a start line with people, it's not about reading a script. It's about creating a family, a team, is getting these people to feel like they're a unit. And, you know, there's a, there's something different between going for a 5K out your front door, you know, or running a mm-hmm. marathon, 26.2 miles. You can do that any day on any street in the world. Nobody says you can't. But if you're going to pay the money and you're going to show up to do this with a whole bunch of people, well, let's suck every last drop of fun and energy out of those people because that's what we're there for is the yeah. community. And so I really focus on that community, that energy. I, I love the roar. You know, I can get people like on their feet, jumping and dancing and man, that fuels me. And then when they come through the finish line, I, I it's important that every champion feels like a champion when I call their name. But the reality is most of those champions, they come through looking at their watch and they're out of there. When I get to the middle of the pack and the back of the pack, that's where lives are changed. That's yep. where the mm-hmm. tears come. I want to make sure every athlete crossing that finish line feels like the champion, especially our dead last finisher. So, you know, it's uh, it's sports and it's maybe some people think it's not a big deal. But for the moment, those those people and their accomplishments yep. are very big deal. And I'm so blessed to be the first person to get to congratulate them and tell them they're they're spectacular. That's so cool. I mean, I can only imagine how that would feel to to see the joy and the accomplishment in, in those people's eyes and to to experience that as well. I mean, I'm not a huge racer, but I've I've seen races and I've seen I've seen people struggle a lot and then finishing and just the, the pure joy they they you can see, you can feel it and that to 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 see that and experience that multiple times during the day that's amazing mm-hmm. yeah that's it's, really cool uh, it's, it's triumph and that's the best part of humanity i think these are people that care about their own health which is very important not only to the individual but society mm-hmm. at large people need to start taking care of themselves we can't afford it nobody can afford it whether you have a a, a capitalist society or a socialist society nobody can afford poor health yeah. and uh so It matters that they take care of their health. These are people that show up to take care of their communities. And almost all of them are, are supporting some sort of wonderful cause. So mm-hmm. it's just the best. And then they all support each other. And it doesn't matter what you look like or where you're from or how much money you have. If you are on that course, everybody collectively will take care of you. It's just beautiful. It's really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I could go on forever. I will stop. But <laughs> I hope everyone considers coming out, even do a one mile race. Just walk it, walk super slow, just be a part of us and see if that inspires you to do more. Yeah, yeah. Um, because you talked about health and health being uh, one of the most important goods that we as humans have. Um, what is what is um, that, that the thing that, that strived you to, to become more healthy, a better human being through sports, through fitness? Um, and what is uh, like something that you want? I mean, obviously, you're very, very engaged and passionate about 
all of that. But what is um, something they could maybe tell someone who is maybe struggling with, you know, and also with the newest resolutions, trying to get into fitness and sports again, trying to live a better, healthier life? What is something that you can always tell people to maybe try or do? Well, you know, it's interesting with fitness. I think when you're young, people worry about what do I look like in a swimsuit? And then as you age, as you become a grown-up, people start feeling like, oh, I don't really care about my swimsuit as much. It's more like my back hurts, right? Or I want to be able to have some fun with my kids or, you know, I'd like to feel good about myself the way I look or have better posture. And those things are attainable for everybody. You know, for me, I think about, I'd like to be here for a long time. I'm a life lover. I love life. I don't want to die young. I want to, I want to get every day out of this life that I can. But do I want to be 90 and stuck in bed all day? Nah, I just don't, you know, I mean, what, what is it? What are your options? Either die or be miserable? I don't think so. I think, I know, actually, I know, I don't think think is a, a good, is a good word to use. I know 100% that if you take care of your body, you could get to 90 and still be having a hell of a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. You could feel pretty great. You could still go dancing, go golfing, walk the dogs. Uh, pick up your great-grandchildren. So it's it's not just about your appearance at the moment. It's about longevity and quality. And, you know, within my mission statement is to tack 10 years of quality life onto everyone who I come across. And it's, those quality matters. I'll, I If I ever talk to children, I always say, who would like to only live until you're 30? And, and maybe one hand goes up and then they realize what they've done. Okay, who would like to only live until they're 40? <laughs> So we get the gist that they all want to live really long. Okay, well, who wants to be stuck in bed at 90 and no one raises their hand? Okay, who wants to be the break dancing grandpa? And all the hands go up because people are like, yeah, that's what I want to do. So, <laughs> you know, length, longevity, and quality, number one. And then, you know, when you take care of yourself, everything becomes better. Mm -hmm. You're less cranky and you have more energy. So your social circles become more... Uh, pleasant, right? Maybe you fight with your spouse less often. Maybe you're a less grouchy parent. If you stand up straight, if maybe you get in good shape, when you walk into a, a job opportunity, you're going to interview for a new job, that employer looks at you and says, hot damn, that person's a go-getter. I want that person on my team. Or do you show up hunched over, slovenly, looking like someone who doesn't take care of themselves, and then that employer, even if you're the smartest, most capable person for the job, Maybe the employer looks at you and says, oh, I just don't have a good feeling about this girl. So, you know, if you take better care of yourself, the ripple effect will fall into every other aspect of your life. So mm -hmm. it's not about being perfect. It's not about running a marathon. If you don't want to run, fine. I don't care if you run, swim, dance, do karate, lift weights. You, sh you know, you should work on improving your health. You should watch what you put in your mouth. You should get quality sleep. You should remove the cranky people. Those are the four tenets of fitness. And again, nobody's going to be perfect. It's just tomorrow you're going to do one push-up. And then maybe in two days you'll do two push-ups. And you'll do one lunge and make that three lunges eventually. So start where you are. Progress with baby steps. And absolutely every facet of your life will improve. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful message. Yeah, I totally agree. 100%. Um, you talked about... Uh, being a published author and that you had many books out and yeah. your most recent book um, from 
or your not your most recent your second uh, recent book was uh, the cancer uh, story uh, my noisy cancer comeback correct um and uh you talk about your uh cancer story a little bit on your website but um if you don't mind asking um how how you you obviously got uh, diagnosed uh, with breast cancer in 2018 and how was that for you like how how like being such an active uh fitness focused uh person um and then being treated um for cancer with those horrible things like chemotherapy and radiation i mean that puts your body through yeah hell um yeah. How, how was that for you to stay still positive and focused and and keep moving because you didn't just do nothing you still kept working and and doing stuff so how, how was that how did you manage to do that yeah so the actual diagnosis was a nightmare i was terrified like probably every other cancer patient and you know i obviously was afraid of dying but really the thing that bothered me most was losing my kids lives right i just want to be mm. with them i want to see their their life so that it, it was really hard and I thought for sure, I, you know, I thought I'm the beacon of health and happiness. I have a perfect family, a perfect career. I'm definitely going to make the perfect tale of tragedy. So I thought for sure I was going down and I had a very aggressive form of cancer that went from nothing. I had a clean mammogram and then seven weeks later, I found a sizey lump that had already spread to lymph nodes. So it was Oof. on fire. It was trying to take me down. So it was terrifying. But my oncologist confirmed, he said, Fitz, uh, you are going to survive this. 94% of all breast cancer cases are curable. Yours is curable too. So hang in there. You're going to suffer, but you, <laughs> you're going to be okay. And so that really meant a lot to me. And so, um, you know, I made great decisions that helped me through it. Now, I had 15 months of chemo. I had 33 rounds of radiation. I had multiple surgeries. I was brutalized. I was the first five months. I had a violent stomach bug every single day for five months. I didn't have a break. Imagine if you woke up with a flu or food poisoning. Mm -hmm. That was me for five solid months. And then I had 10 more months of chemo that was, it was less horrible, but uh, still horrible. There was still all these other things that went on. So it was tough. And then in between there, the radiation and the surgery. So um, it sounds like, well, gee whiz, if you're so sick, you don't have any choice but to stay home. And when I was home, I was flat on my back in bed or I was running back and forth to the hospital for IV fluids, which I got almost every day for five months. However, I made these decisions. I thought, well, screw this. I'm not letting cancer take everything from me. I am not giving up on quality time with my kids. And I didn't. And I'm not going to let cancer take my career. I, as you can tell, I adore what I do. And I earned my rightful spot on those coveted stages. The, the things that I do... Lots of people want to do, but I've earned my position there. And I knew that, you know, if I took a year and a half off, my business would fizzle out. People would, I'd be replaced. You know, the reality is if I got hit by a bus and I died today, they would find somebody else to announce those races. They would find a different keynote speaker. So, you know, we're all semi-replaceable, but um, I decided, nope, I'm showing up. And so no matter how sick I was, no matter how bald and gray and bleary-eyed I was, I would show up at the airport at 4.30 a.m. like clockwork on a Friday morning, and I would get on those planes. Now, travel was very difficult. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can imagine traveling with a stomach bug, not a good time. 
Um, but traditionally, I would get to point B, wherever I was going, I would often get IV fluids in that town. I'd ask in advance for our, my race director to get with the medical team so I could have that resource, which was really helpful in keeping me upright. I would often sleep on the hotel bathroom floors, you know, when you're when the room is spinning because your stomach's turning. For some reason, the hotel bathroom floor is the or the bathroom floor is the right place to be. And then my alarm would go off at 4:30 in the morning, and I would drag my bald head off the ground, and I would uh, get dressed. I would go to the start line, and this was the magic. This is the magic of doing what you love, of pursuing your passion so fiercely, because. Every time I stepped onto those stages, absolutely everything that was wrong with me disappeared. Hmm. Everything, my my stomach, I, I didn't have to yield to my stomach. I didn't have to yield to the pain, to the suffering. It was all of my focus was purely on my incredible events and the extraordinary people I was serving. And I got to be full force Fitz Kohler for as long as I had an athlete out on the course. Now, uh, as soon as the runners finished, Things would shut down on me in a very dramatic way and it wasn't pleasant, but I got to live. I got to have moments of extraordinary uh, life and adrenaline. I mean, it's probably just adrenaline. I was living off adrenaline, but um, but yeah, I, I truly believe that when you're going through hard times, it's more important than ever to maintain perspective. Yeah, sure, you've hit a roadblock and it's not good, but could always be worse. For me, I kept in mind, hey, I'm not a kid with cancer and it's not my kid with cancer. So I'm a grown up. I put on my big girl panties and I figured it out. Um, I, I pursued my passions, which were my kids and my career. And those things really lifted me up because had I not done those things, all I would have been was sick. Mm-hmm. All I would have been was sick. That's it. I just would have been this miserable, you know, I just, I was very sick, but I was also something else. And that meant a lot to me. So I encourage you if you're going through hard times to figure it out, do you have to travel around the around the world and hug thousands of sweaty strangers? Maybe not. That's up to you. But do whatever it is that fuels you. Um, and then third, pers- stay positive because, you know, you get zero extra points for being the saddest person in the room. And a lot of people, you know, they get on social media and they say, pray for me. I sprained my ankle. And really, you're going to eat up all the prayers on your sprained ankle. And and really, do you want to drag everybody down with your bad news all the time? And so find a reason to smile. If somebody said something funny, find a reason to laugh. Did I cry? I cried every single day. It was unbearably stressful and scary. And, you know, things hurt. And I and I was sick of my stomach explosions. It was it was unbearable. But I made decisions to make my life better. And so I hope whoever you are, whatever you're going through, you make those decisions that benefit you because they will go a long way. And then I'll I'll keep it short. But halfway through my uh, chemo, when I was kind of melting down in my oncologist's office telling him, he said, Fitz, you're doing so great. I said, I am not doing great. Everything is going wrong with me. He said, no, you're doing so great. I said, why are you saying this? And all of me, my fingernails, my my hair, my body, every it all hurts and it's all terrible. He said, Fitz, I'm not saying you're not suffering. However, because you were so committed to health and fitness coming into this and you've done your best with it along the way, you have had more adventure and travel than most healthy people do in a decade. He said, I've never seen anything like it. If you were not so healthy and fit coming into this, you would have spent a month in the hospital with a feeding tube. Your health 
your fitness, it all has mattered. It has paid off. So yes, you're suffering. I get that. And I feel for you, but the things you have committed to have really enhanced your life. So that, that really, um, put, turn the light bulb off on above my head. And I thought, okay, well, he's right. I have suffered, but I have done pretty good. And I know other people can do really well too. And that's why these books exist. That's so great. It just goes to show that we're so much more in control of our bodies than a lot of us think that we are. And it's not to say, thank goodness for modern medicine, because it saves lives. But I think that if that's all that we rely on, we're losing out on so much because there is so much that we are in control of. And there is so much that we can change just by changing, even just by changing your, your thought pattern, you can change so much in your body. So if you add on to that actual physical activity and doing things that bring you joy, it, it can have such a drastic effect on your health and a positive effect or a negative effect if you do the opposite, maybe. But it's so inspiring to, to also hear, and I'm sure for people who, who follow your, your fitness programs and who are, are part of your, your, your your big audience that you have, uh, I'm sure that they can also be extremely inspired by that because of where you've come from and to see, oh, hey, I can do this or this sprained ankle, you know, isn't going to be the end of my life or, <laughs> you know, it's in to be able to, to hear such a positive um, outcome of something that's so horrible makes you feel so empowered, I think, to no, hey, I have control. It's not all out of my control. I yeah. have control over X, Y, and Z. And the other things I don't have control of, that's okay. But the things that I do, I'm taking hold yes. of those. And I think that's great. So um, you mentioned my memoir is my noisy cancer mm-hmm. comeback. So mm-hmm. that is it's a story about me. And you'll hear a lot of details about what I just talked to, all the, all the good, bad, and ugly, and hilarious. Because believe it or not, cancer can be really freaking funny. Oh, wow. And that's why I wrote that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there's very funny. And uh, that's what I like is people say, oh, you know what? Because I I tell all the truth. I lay it all out. And so people say, well, it made me cry, but it made me laugh a whole lot more. And the fact that, you know, I can turn, I was able to turn cancer into a funny experience is appreciated. So we talk about the mental um, game a lot in Noisy. But the next books, Your Healthy Cancer Comeback and the Healthy Cancer Comeback Journal, that your healthy cancer comeback is a guidebook, a manual, a blueprint for cancer patients to control what they can to go from sick to strong. And uh, yeah, there there's not just this we can do things attitude that's beneficial, but there's hard evidence. There's a recent study at a Tel Aviv University that said high intensity aerobic exercise. So that's virtually exercise that makes you huff and puff can make, uh, can reduce your chances of having cancer spread by 72%. Wow. Magnificent because we know stage one is a lot better than stage three or stage four. And so you actually have control. You can sway this disease. Um, A, you can make your body a hostile environment so it, it can't make itself at home in you at all. Um, But if it is, can you make your body a real cesspool for cancer? For sure. And how do you do that? It's by, you know, vigorous exercise and and maybe not so vigorous exercise. It's by building your immune system with quality nutrition. And that immune system is not just about fighting cancer. 
It's about fighting infection when you're in the mm-hmm. hospital or when they poke you 400 times with various needles. Mm-hmm. Every single time they poke you, you could, be, you could have an infection. So your nutrition will matter during those times. Your strength will matter post-surgery. You know, are, do you have good balance? They, they amputate something or they remove something. Mm-hmm. You get out of bed. Are you likely to fall down? Are you likely to be the patient who stands up pretty well and can walk down the hall? And so um, taking good care of your your body goes a long way for the healthy person and especially for the sick person. And, you know, I'm so excited about these two new books because there's nothing else on the market. If you look on Amazon and you go to cancer fitness book, there's nothing of relevancy. There's some sort of stupid juicing book (laughs) and there's something random made by a nurse 20 years ago. And what the heck is Mm -hmm. a nurse qualified to teach fitness? Um, But this will be the first of its kind. And, you know, my request is that if anyone out there loves someone going through cancer or recently rebound, just let them know they exist. Look up your healthy cancer comeback and everything else will fall in line. Um, but yeah, people, people have power. It's the power and the control that they, they need to glom onto and pursue. And, you know, I think their outcomes will be a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um going through through obviously you're cancer free right now i assume right yes, yes i am Con- uh, yeah that's that's amazing um <laughs> going through all all the like hardship on your body and and through all the emotions and i mean obviously all the thoughts and you probably had days where you couldn't get like the negative thoughts out of your head but what what did it how did it change you how did that uh yeah, cancer change you, uh, or even, I mean, up, I, from, from the answers you already gave, I assume that it motivated you even more to, to, to follow that path you're on already because it already helped you a lot, but, but did it, did it change you in any ways or, or did you learn something going through all of that? Yeah. So I can say physically I'm dinged up, but I'm doing great, which is fine. You know, we can all, deal with our scars and our weird spots and life goes on. Uh, the thing that cancer has made me is even more fearless. Because after cancer, I mean, really, who cares what other people think of you? You know, am I willing to stand up and do karaoke? You betcha. I don't like somebody else thinking I'm a bad singer doesn't hurt me. And by the way, I am a bad singer. I'm a terrible singer, but it's really fun <laughs> to sing karaoke and dance around and get everybody else laughing. So uh, I don't worry about opinions with business. I'm far more courageous. I don't fear rejection. I don't fear the word no. And that's what holds a lot of entrepreneurs back is that fear of rejection. I just simply don't have it anymore. And when it comes to athletics and adventure, boy, am I a gamer. I just want to do it all. And I all, always compare it. Well, is that anywhere near as hard as 15 months of chemo? And if the answer is no, well, then I'm, I'm in. So uh, cancer has brought many silver linings. Uh, if I were to go back and check the box, have cancer or not have cancer, I would definitely not have cancer. You know, I'm not one of those like, oh, it's for a reason and it was great. No, it wasn't. It was it was exhausting and terrifying and it was all the bad things in the world. But I made lemonade and I'll continue to make lemonade every day uh, because I've got that choice and not everybody gets that choice. Not everybody who has cancer gets just gets to live, right? Some people just have these miserable, uh, fatal, you know, 
fates and I, my heart breaks for them. So, you know, how do we get the rest of us to embrace health, embrace life and do better and hopefully live in a way where cancer, if it tries to come call in again, it, it will find no uh, happy home in our bodies. Yep. Yep. That's amazing. Um, so you, the, 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 uh, the second book that you just mentioned is that's not out yet or is it out yet already it's out at the end of january okay. 23 oh it's so soon yeah. it's coming out soon okay perfect yeah. so uh right now it's all available on sale at fitness.com my mm -hmm. website but it'll hit amazon at the end of 20 okay we'll 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 definitely link all of that um in the description um what i also wanted to ask you um you you wrote the the first book a that was um, uh, my noisy cancer comeback. Um, you mentioned it briefly. So it's all about how you were affected um, by cancer, how, your story, the fun stuff. Um, there, obviously, there are a lot of books out there, um, but maybe just give us a little uh, short description of what it is, what it maybe can do or bring to people who are maybe suffering from um, cancer. So it's the mental game, those three P's is perspective, passion, positivity. And I think those are the most valuable tools people will learn. They'll walk away with the mantra, I can do hard things. And they'll learn from my, my hard experiences and how I figured what I was capable out. And hopefully that will resonate with them. Um, but really, you know, no, none of the other books are talking about the weird stuff. So when I finished writing my book, I went and read some celebrity memoirs because there's some celebrities who have had breast cancer and they've written books. They don't go into any of the gory details. And it's kind of the gory details that are that are so meaningful to a patient going through it because I had no idea my eyes might change colors, and they did. I had no idea that my fingernails were going to rip off, and they did. And I didn't know what to I thought, well, clearly I'm the only one, or someone might have mentioned this. So, you know, it's, a, it's the wild adventures and misadventures of you know, when cancer collides with race announcing and travel. But then there's all of these details that nobody is talking about. And it bothers me that nobody else talks about this stuff, but that's the feedback I get. So every single day, um, people are going to my website, ordering my book, but I get the message that says, my dad was just diagnosed with brain cancer. Can you please express your book to him? He needs it right now. Okay. So I get those messages every day, but I also get messages that say, holy smokes, Nobody warned me about this stuff. My doctor didn't tell me about it, but yes, my fingernails are ripping off. You're the only person who has shared that. I don't feel like such a weirdo or an alien because you've shared the bizarre experience too. So um, Noisy's full of, of all sorts of crazy, funny, weird things that happen in my cancer experience. And I'm sure a lot of other people are experiencing the same. Yeah. I think that's so important because I, I think not just specific to cancer, but just in general health struggles and other illnesses that nobody tells you the nitty gritty. Nobody tells you here's all the shit that's going to happen. You know, they tell you you're going to do it. You're going to get through this. It's all the positive, which is good. We need that too. But they don't tell you, hey, by the way, like in terms of, of childbirth or something, they don't tell you, hey, you might yeah. poop when you give birth. <laughs> or, you know, it's like that would be nice to know beforehand. <laughs> But it's yeah. like with anything, with any type of, of anything that relates to health, I feel like we don't get the information that 
is the stuff we really want to know. Like, hey, what am I going to struggle with? What's going to be really shitty? What's going right. to be horrible? What is going to be surprising? What's going to be funny, maybe? You know, nobody tells you those things. I think it's great that you address it because I do think that's what people want and what people need when they're exactly when they're looking for books about what they're struggling with or podcasts or, you know, whatever they're looking for to help them. They're looking for answers. They're looking for what can I expect? And that's great that you give them exactly that. Yeah. yeah it's the nitty gritty. I think it's the nitty gritty gory details that I think because everybody knows you're going to go bald. Like not all of us go bald, but I went bald. That was, that was a given. Okay. Well, what else is there? Funny. So in the healthy cancer comeback journal, uh, there's all sorts of prompts and the prompts are, you know, you can put all your cancer details, your diagnosis, your medical team, your scans, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, prompts about your faith and your feelings and so forth. But then I have prompts that ask, okay, what have you nicknamed your tumor? You know, have you given a, a nickname to your port? Uh, what celebrities do you look like bald? Because I tell you what, there was about 10 I received, including crazy Britney Spears that I got that you look like crazy Britney Spears. Aw, thanks. You look like Grace Jones. You know, they would say, you look like that lady from Star Trek. So, okay. You know, it didn't matter what color these women were. If they were bald, I look like them. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I do bring in my quirky, sarcastic personality into it, but I think some people need the encouragement to look at things with a, in, with a different perspective and laugh at themselves. And yeah, again, cry, but it, it's not about um, ignoring your fears and ignoring your stressors and your suffering. It's just about not wallowing in it. You know, you can acknowledge it, have a good cry, and then get on with it. And mm -hmm. and that's what I want people to do is is force themselves to find joy. Yeah. That 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 yeah. Um, I've I've been through a hard like hardship myself. I've lost in an accident. I've lost. Um, all five of my fingers on my right hand um, and I was I was young I was just uh, 21 uh, when that happened and and f like this the book that you're describing for like something similar in my case would have helped me tremendously to go through a lot of pain a lot of heartache a lot of confusion and also um, anxiety um, so yeah I, I highly encourage people to to look up the book of yours um, if they're going through something similar because just hearing um, things um, that you just described like simple things like the, the fingernails hearing it from another person uh, make, makes you feel less crazy and, and just makes you feel less alone and sometimes when you go through something like that you feel tremendously alone even though you might know people from like the chemo sessions or whatever who go through similar things but it still feels so, it can feel very alone. And I think that that alone, going through something like that, not feeling so alone, feeling a little understood can help a lot, can make mm -hmm. a big difference, yeah. yeah. And it also probably prevents you when you have something like that, a resource like that, it probably prevents you to like Google every single thing that, that you're going through because sure. I know that that's also a thing people do, <laughs> Dr. Google. 
and it, it makes yeah. everything so much worse yeah. when you do it you, and you know going in as soon as you type something into like is this normal that i blank as soon as you type it in you know this is not going to be good for me it's just going to tell me i'm dying or it's just going to tell me that i have some other thing that's that nobody has or it's a super low percentage of this to happen and i think that also is good if people have a resource where that prevents them from falling into a spiral like that because that can also be really yeah. debilitating i think so it's funny you mention that i mean i i truly believe when people get diagnosed with something slash anything they go looking for two things information and hope and what i found when i looked at cancer books when i was diagnosed was everything was dark and dreary and macabre and pitying and horrible, all of it stressed me out. And I thought, I don't want anything to do with those books. So I know the listeners at home can't hear this, but you can see the cover of my book. I wanted my book to look happy. I wanted people to be able to see the cover of my noisy cancer come back and go, well, she sure makes cancer look like a lot of fun. That's a happy ending. So I, that was very intentional. The covers, the entire design of these next two books, your healthy cancer come back in the journal, they are so vibrant and vivid and I have paid to have it as a, a, both are full colored books because I think cancer patients deserve happiness. And I want them to pick up this book and feel happy and, and know that there's hope and joy inside of these books. So yeah, Google monster is, is terrifying. And many of these books, I don't know what they were thinking. I thought maybe I'm a, they thought they were going to publish a book and show that they had the worst, absolute worst cancer experience. Well, good for you, dude, but I am not, um, spreading that toxic smudge on my other cancer patient friends. I've, I'm working hard to lift them up. And, you know, if, yeah, we can have fun during cancer. We can be happy with cancer. We can be healthy. I have um, some people that I advise, they just ran uh, marathons with chemotherapy. Yeah, Phil Decker, stage four colon cancer, chemotherapy surgery this year. He has run both Boston Marathon and Chicago Marathon, and he did pretty damn well. I have plenty of people that are doing wonderful things in sports and fitness despite cancer. So um, it's all very possible. We just got to we gotta get to those people and, and prove to them it's possible. And that's, that's what I'm set out to do. Yeah, that's yeah. I I can just bow bow my head from or what what is the expression? Tip my hat. Tip my hat. Tip my hat. <laughs> um, you're doing something very special, and and it's an honor to have you on our show. Absolutely. And we hope that we can spread your message a little bit here around in Europe, Central Europe, and Austria, and maybe back also in the U.S. Uh, thank you so much for being on yeah. for for your time for your inspirational words and and yeah we'll link all of your details in the description um is there something else you want to add uh well if anyone wants to come say hi i'm at fitness.com that's f-i-t-z is in zebra n-e-s-s.com that's my headquarters and there's tons of free re resources there so free articles free workout videos free recipes uh, i really like to cater to people and give them no excuses so there's so many free resources. You can get signed copies of the books there. But um, if you follow me on socials, again, I'm at Fitness on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn. Uh, you can follow and I promise to reward you with uh, quality content that helps you do better and be better. But what I prefer is for you to reach out 
and say, I heard you on the Hello, I'm Listening podcast. And we'd much rather have friends than followers. So please, please say hello. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Thanks, team. Wow. Indeed. That was a cool episode. You know, when people reach out and they're like, you know, know, when people... (laughs) When people reach out and ask, like, hey, um, you know, I'm blah, blah, and my story is this and blah, blah, um, sometimes some people stick out. Yeah. And And also, I have to say, you never really know how the conversation's going to go. Obviously. So even if the even if it sounds like it's going to be a super interesting yeah. topic yeah, or yeah, thing yeah, to yeah. talk about or whatever, sometimes it, the, the conversation doesn't flow. And I mean, yeah. just, that's what happens. Yeah. yeah. But it felt so natural talking to her and I can totally understand why people get so hyped up when she yeah. does what she does. Yeah. Also her, I mean, she's, a she made speaker. me want to like go running. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Quite yeah. honestly. No, but um, th- that's a good point you're making that, you know, we have guests on that usually we have never met before we have never seen before we have never talked before so the first thing is we see them and we say hi so we're going to record the podcast maybe explain a little bit quick and then we just jump into it and a lot of times it's a at least so far it's been the majority of the time has been a very intimate conversation and a very vulnerable conversation and i find that so fascinating when you can talk to people on that level having never met them I think it's a really yeah, right. cool thing. Imagine, imagine you're walking into like a bar or a cafe or something and you just sit down at another person's table yeah. and just keep talking to them. Yeah. Like, how is your life? And then, you know, they just pour so out all those... So, how's your sex life? <laughs> all those personal um, uh, life lessons and, yeah. and experiences and that's how it feels like and that's very cool and yeah. inspiring and yeah. Very um, inspiring. Again, we have all the links in the description. You should definitely check out her website, mm-hmm. um, her Instagram, and obviously her book if it it is targeted Relevant to you. To you, if yeah, even even if not, I bet you right. it's a really great, especially the the first one, the no- yeah. noisy yeah. one. I think that even that one, even for somebody who's not currently uh, suffering suffering can- cancer, yeah, yeah, I I, I think it could be still a very interesting yeah. and lovely read yeah, so i agree i actually will probably read it yeah that's it that's it please i know you're sick of hearing that but <laughs> the only thing you really can do to help us spread our podcast is liking it follow the podcast or subscribe to the podcast share it share it and just reach out if you Rate have any questions review. if you oh yeah review rate and review i forgot that and if you have like a little money to spare and you want to support a little self-published small austrian podcast small i wouldn't even say austrian it's austrian american it is it is um then you can head over to our patreon where joe is waiting for you hey joe hey joe thanks joe (laughs) okay that's that's it good day